he stops. The terror starts. I swear I didn't kill those people. I got prayed by this guy who picked up hitchhikes. Do you believe me? The Hitcher, rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. Welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast. This is Brandon Ford. My brother Bill's from Mars. Actually, we're all from Mars around here. We keep our spaceship out back. So, what planet are you from? Well, my name is Tony the Tiger, the Thunder from Down Under. And my time is very expensive, Mr. Ford. Probably more than yours. I get $500 an hour. How much do you get? I get $400 for a straight lay, $300 for a hand job, $500 for head, if you want to wear my panties, that's another hundred. You take them home with you, Mr. Ford, that's another hundred. No whips, no ropes, no spikes. I've got liquor and grass. Anything else, you bring your own. Mm, see, Tony is, is doing his monologue from his B&D and S&M days at the dungeons of Australia, um, which he remembers fondly. So it was just a flat on just something like that, yeah. He's speaking through his ball <laughs> gag again. Um, so, for those of you who tuned in last week for our single white female episode, I mentioned that um, because both Tony and myself are quite fond of Miss Jennifer Jason Lee, that it would be a nice idea to do another Jennifer Jason Lee movie. And while this isn't technically a Jennifer Jason Lee movie, she is in it. Um, so we're doing The Hitcher from 1986. I thought we were doing The Hudsucker Proxy. No. <laughs> Not the god-awful Michael Bay Remake. Oh, uh, yeah, no. 2007. <laughs> oh, what a pile of garbage that thing was. Um, but before we get into any of that, I'm going to just quickly get the plugs out of the way. I would like to encourage everyone to please check out my books on Amazon.com by typing in Brandon Ford into the search box. You'll find my books in hardcover kindle and paperback editions you can also find my amazon author page which you can subscribe to in order to receive email notifications whenever i have a new release i also have several titles available in audiobook format on audible just type in brandon ford there you can also subscribe and receive email notifications whenever i have a new audiobook um oh Please don't forget to follow the Blind Rage podcast on Instagram. Just type in the Blind Rage podcast and search there and that'll come up. You can also follow me. I'll never, ever, ever get used to saying X. 
Um, Just that's what you know what? <laughs> well, I probably could. But you know what's so funny or stupid now? Because it's like um, when you want to post or or do something that used to be tweet related. Yeah. Now it's all post. It's like uh-huh. compose post instead of compose tweet or repost instead of retweet. It's it's Zeet. It's very upsetting to me. But I am on X slash Twitter. Like it's ruined well, the brand like anything. Just stuff. <laughs> as well as yeah, it really did. I mean at least Twitter was original. X is like so well, it's sort of like how Xerox, people use the term Xerox to photocopy. Now, he, like, he has ruined, you know, he's gotten rid of that whole mentality of tweeting. Used to you made something. that exact yeah. same comparison before. But you know what it also, it's also like, it's also like when people say they want a tissue, they say, I need a Kleenex. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Mm-mm. Especially since Kleenex is not the my favorite brand. Them. No, it's not. I prefer Puffs Plus with lotion because I, oh, okay. I, I'm sensitive. I, I get sensitive. Yeah, but they're so wet. It feels like you've already blown your nose before you've done it. Well, I don't know what kind of Puffs Plus you're <laughs> fucking blowing, but mine are lovely. I use the newspaper like a real man. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, X and um, fucking Letterboxd. Yes. At Brandon Ford and Tony, you are on what, where, where? Hmm? What, why, where, and when? Um, so on Letterboxd, it's Tony underscore the underscore bear. And on X Twitter, it's uh, Madonna Horror. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, recommendations, feel free to email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com. Please don't forget to stop by the official Blind Rage Podcast Facebook page to like, subscribe, and maybe, just maybe, post a little something on the wall for us to enjoy. Last and most importantly, please don't forget to um, rate, review, and subscribe to the Blind Rage Podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. Um, Also, to... Keep with the Jennifer Jason Lee theme. A theme that came out of nowhere. (laughs) Just came very unplanned. (laughs) Yes. Well, I I I got this brainstorm of a wonderful idea when we were talking off mic uh, during the last recording that we did. Um, So we to further the Jennifer Jason Lee discussion. Um, we both watched Jennifer Jason Lee movies, um, for the first time for both of us, and we are going to discuss them. Exchange notes. And, yes, we are going to compare. And which one was yours? So, in both cases, uh, both of our movies have Jennifer Jason Lee and Phoebe Cates as friends. This is true. Uh, so mine was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And yours was? The Anniversary Party. Yes. Um, I quite enjoyed Fast Times. It, um, uh, as I was watching, I got the feeling it, it reminded me of... Um, it felt very much like 
a 70s movie that was made for the 80s crowd, but in a good way. Like, uh, I feel that with a lot of the 80s comedies, they were very much of their time, whereas there seemed to be something quite more professional and adult about Fast Times. Even though it was for youngins, it seemed like a classier film than what was coming out at the time. Um, Phoebe and Jennifer were, lo were lovely. They were <laughs> good anchors to the movie. Um, and um, I've forgotten his name again. <laughs> Judge Reinhold. Judge Ryan. I w keep wanting to say Judd Nelson, and I know that's not it. Uh, he, uh, I enjoyed his element to it as well. He was sort of um, uh, exemplified the um, post-high school grown-up that was still qu quite adolescent at heart as well. You know, it's... It, um, to me a movie about growing up and the steps you take to think that you're getting there and wow. that's me and we also had um, a cast member from a movie that we did back in October we had uh, Brian Backer from The Burning playing um, Mark Yes. Ratner. Yes, the the rat. Yes, yeah. There was quite a few faces in this. It was uh, it was uh, it a was real, an uh, swap them out. Yes. Um, yeah, and you had um, um, Sean Penn, uh, Nicholas Sean Cage Penn, was in it. Nicholas Cage, Eric Stoltz was in it. Um, Amanda Weiss. Um, who? Amanda Weiss. Amanda Wiss. Wiss. Um. <laughs> And, oh, God, Forrest Whitaker. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was, it was strange, but good to see him. It seemed like and, a role that was so unlike him. <laughs> and um, I don't know which one, but the girl in the car who was laughing at Judge Reinhold in his pirate uniform, <laughs> she was one of the girls from, um, from, um, what was that? Uh, uh, da, 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 heart. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It was either Anne or Nancy Wilson. One okay. Of them. Yes, that was a star-making role for Sean Penn. Okay. That was good. Uh, um, yeah, and again, a role that I would never see Sean Penn in. That surfer dude. <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now he's far too serious. Oh, he's too serious. Yeah. But you enjoyed the movie. I did, of course. Yeah, I, I quite, I loved it. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And how did you feel about the anniversary party? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought there were a little too many characters um i thought it was a little bit long mm -hmm. um and let me just say this if you have parker posey in a movie you utilize her as much as you possibly she was can. a little underutilized yes um but the moments that I really liked were in the second half of the movie when everybody kind of paired up. Yeah. 
and they were just having their moments together. Um, particularly, I liked the scene with Jennifer and Phoebe when they were on ecstasy. And, um, <laughs> that was the movie that I quoted on Facebook, and you said, I want to watch this movie. <laughs> so, when she's like, oh. you can't stick your head in an oven. The kids just rob you of that. <laughs> oh. Well, I do like Sylvia Plath, too, because... Um, <laughs> Uh, the Bell Jar is one, no. The Bell Jar is one of my favorite books, um, but yeah, I like that. Um, I couldn't see him, but uh, I I did kind of buy Alan Cumming as straight. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know what his performance looked like, <laughs> um, but he sounded okay. It was um, kind of like metrosexual in his performance. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, that it, it was nice that uh, it was a collaborative effort between both he and Jennifer that they co-wrote, co-produced, co-directed, mm. and they got all of their friends to be in it, um, and um, that. Uh, it was very nice of, of Phoebe Cates to come out of retirement to do the movie for Jennifer, who she's still close friends with. Um, I don't think I knew that Gwyneth Paltrow was in it. Uh, I thought she was a little miscast. I thought she, like, that's one of the, the few times I don't mind, like, in the movie. <laughs> um, but. I would actually reckon that it might be closer to how she is than a lot of the movies she does. Yeah. Um. Not that she's giving out ecstasy at parties, but <laughs> mm. she's just giving mm. candles that smell like vagina. That's true. Yeah, she does. She does do that, and God knows, everyone needs their whole house <laughs> to smell like a vagina. Yes. Uh, fucking goop. <sighs> so yeah, that was an enjoyable experience for me and I'm sure it was very much a satisfying um, achievement for Jennifer and Alan. Did they do anything else together? I don't believe so. No. Mm. So I'm, <laughs> I reckon that uh, Dakota's got one of my socks. <gasps> no, they got my underwear again. Okay. <sighs> I'm right in front of a window and I can see them playing. Okay. <laughs> so last time you lost the sock and now you're losing a pair of yeah, underwear. Yeah. I, hope, I hope they weren't too expensive. <laughs> they clean well, underwear at least you know, this time. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, she was probably attracted to your skid marks. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you dirty boy. You know how Dakota is. Mm -mm. She's a dirty girl. Oh, God. Sniffing her father's underwear. That's so incestuous. It's like a... That's so, if you will, taboo. Yes, it's like a letter to Penthouse. Mm. Penthouse Forum. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Because everyone knows all of those letters were completely authentic. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, well, I believe the hitcher is 
on YouTube. Yes. Um, so if you want to watch along, you can watch it there. Unless, at the time of this recording, the second site 4K actually came out. Or the, at the time this recording is posted. Um, because, yeah, I was waiting and waiting and waiting to get it. Because I'm sure they're going to put out a very nice boxed set. But it just kind of seemed like it fell through the cracks. And then all of a sudden... It, it's back on, so I don't know. But the source that we are watching is from a German, the German media book, DVD, Blu-ray combo. Okay. And it's called Der, Der Highway Killer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. What does right. Der mean? The. <laughs> Der. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to begin Der Highway Killer, <laughs> aka The Hitcher, in 3, 2, 1, play. It just kind of starts. I don't know what the fuck the deal is with this. With canon? Well, it's better than yes. the solid ones. Um. So this was, uh, you had only recently uh, saw this or seen this for the first time? No, no, I saw it a long time ago. I only recently rewatched it. Mm. Uh, I've seen it maybe four or five times in my life. Mm. I saw it when I was uh, probably about 15 the first time I'd never heard of it until um, the 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 mom and pop video store I used to go to uh, had this in drama and yep their drama section with drama they used to just put everywhere and so it wasn't like on a specific shelf and I guess someone had rented it recently and um, I noticed the cover and um, I do enjoy stories about hitchhikers as well as telephones yes and sorority houses and slumber party um, so I was attracted to that and I remember I rented it um, and I watched it with my mom. We had a nice bonding experience over the hitcher. Yeah. It was a fucking Friday night where all the other 15-year-olds were out with their friends. I was home watching the hitcher with my mom. Like a nice gay teenage boy. Yeah. Did she enjoy it when you took her to prom? I didn't even go to the prom. <laughs> I don't know which is sadder, not going to the prom at all or going with, like, a cousin or something. Um, now, I did listen to the commentary, and I found it to be quite uninteresting. Okay. Um, the, it was 
the director and the screenwriter and the dire director did most of the talking and he spoke primarily of the technical side of things yeah, yeah. which can be a little tedious but um, all of these shots uh, of, uh, of, of C. Thomas Howell or of Rutger Hauer that are like close-ups in the car they were all on a sound stage um, but these outside shots they were in Nevada I yeah. hate to say it like that, but that's the way you're supposed to say it, apparently. Nevada. Not Nevada. This was not Nevada. No. This was shot in Nevada, Texas, California, and Arizona. In different parts yeah. of all of the above. Now, um, one thing that was in the script... I thought this was interesting. Um, one thing that was in the script and the director wanted to keep in the movie um, is the moment when Rutger gets in, in the car and he's sitting and he's like kind of getting composed and he says, I'm getting your car wet. There's yeah. a drop of rain on the tip of his nose. It's yeah. just kind of dangling there. Yeah. And that was written in the script. And the director made an executive decision. Do we, you know, want to go the extra mile to get this shot, which is what they they had to do if they wanted, you know, a drop of rain. In 1986, they had to get a drop of rain. Now it would just be CGI and it would look like garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a very, it took a very long time, but they did, they did get the shot. So they didn't just uh, put a hose next to the side of his nose and dribble one out. No. <laughs> um, I was recently listening to a podcast talking about the homoeroticism of this movie. <laughs> that, yeah, no. Mm -mm. That's not, that was not intentional. Well, I feel that. That was Rutger just sort what of people read into, into it. it. But it okay. It's it that no that's that's not what the intention was ever supposed to be. Um, the John Ryder okay character. To read it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to look at it that way, that's fine. But that's not what. Yeah, yeah. The John Ryder character is is supposed to be basically a uh, a a ghostly visage. Of a human being, you don't mm -hmm. you don't even know if he's real or not. Well, uh, to me, he seems more like not a, not a knockoff, but inspired by the Terminator style um, villain, where they just um, keep pursuing, um, like, without humanity. Look, I think you better get out now. The director said to that you're not really supposed to know for sure whether he really did dismember the guy in the car that they just rushed by. Yeah. But since he killed and dismembers the family later, I assume that he did. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I think it could have gone... You know, I don't think you could suggest that without saying uh, that he did. <laughs> 
And this this was really meant to be a movie that is an experiment in suspension of disbelief. Um, because there are a lot of things that are far-fetched. Yeah. Uh, prim- primarily being the way he just pops up out of nowhere and, you know, like kills the cops before Jim's about to get... Uh, out. Everything handled. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you say, you know, that doesn't make any sense or whatever, you, you're kind of missing the point of the movie. Well, yeah, I, I don't think it needed to exist in logic. Um, no. No. And logic was never meant to be the intent. Yeah. This is a film. No. It's not a recreation of true events. And also, it, it's not it's not meant to be a parody or anything like that because there's really no humor in the movie. Yeah. Um, but I guess if I guess the best way to look at it as um, a nightmare, really. Yeah. Because that's kind of the way it is to me, because everything um, is very dark and bleak and even at the end when Jim is able to overcome it's it's still a very dark ending yeah there's no hope in this there, there's no winning in the end it's... there's no winning no um see Thomas Howell was only 18 at the time of this movie yeah and I don't think very seasoned I think his performance is a little iffy. Well, I think also, I don't mind his performance, but I think it, it's at a time when it's sort of that Nightmare on Elm Street 2 thing where you mo- normally have scream queens, whereas he would, he's a male. <laughs> so it's, well, I he looks like a scream twink. <laughs> See, how this can you was not actually... homosexuality here? Like, he's got his hand up against his crotch. And then even this worker is like, oh, go on YouTube. Like, you know. Well, I don't think the the road worker was supposed to be, you know, sympathetic. No, he's, he's, he's absconding them for being gay. Yeah. He's like, doesn't want, well, doesn't want to get himself involved. Mm. The, in the script, this this was actually supposed to be a toll booth. Yeah. But on the road they were on there were no toll booths. <laughs> and they didn't want to go looking for one. That probably would have been very expensive to make a toll booth yeah, yeah. stop for X amount of hours. Yeah. Um But I don't rem- I don't remember where I, on the on another commentary, um for something I I spoke about this and I, I said that it was intended to be a three hour epic yes and I don't I don't think the movie itself was but the script yeah was 194 pages yeah and a lot grislier and a lot of repetition and, a lot and of this movie is repetitive as it is. Um, it like is. Chases, you know, and to repeat that three more times would be like, oh, God. Mm. 
Yes, and we're almost in Sleepaway Camp 3 territory. <laughs> yes. <what> you say? <laughs> Just go to the next camp over and go, oh, hi. Keep driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sequence I didn't really like in the um, remake. <laughs> okay. Just far too dramatic. The remake was so bad. Did you see the sequel? I did, but, uh, like the sequel to this one, not the remake. <laughs> yeah. I did, the but I don't really video, remember it. Yeah. Uh, which C. Thomas Howell actually came back for because God knows he's got nothing going on. <laughs> Was um, he? Was he? Wasn't in Jeepers Creepers too? Was he? Uh, don't think so. No. I might just be thinking of someone else. Um. Yeah, for me, um, I saw this quite young. Um, my sister rented it, and I thought it was quite scary at the time. But um, yeah, it was one of those that was actually in our action section. And um, I kept sort of forgetting that it was thrilling because the front cover of it looked like an actioner in itself. It was that him walking away from flaming, the flaming helicopter, I reckon. Oh, you have a different cover then. Yeah. Well, on the disc, uh, this is it, 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 too, mu- too much, <laughs> too much, too, too much. <laughs> Um, on the disc, there's a there's a, a forty minute little retrospective, um, and everybody who was being interviewed. Um, by the way, the DP is an Aussie. Oh, okay. Um, We'd well, be used to this outback scenery. Mm-hmm. Because it is still um, quite lovely, just by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and the uh, the. Uh, 2.35 uh, aspect ratio I think really enhanced the uh, the look of the movie be, be, uh, mm. because of the landscape mm. um, what was I about to say oh in the retrospective um, uh, everybody who was interviewed was kind of talking about seeing it in uh, different sections in different video stores and people okay. they had spoken with um, had uh, seen it as different genres. Like some people saw it as action, some people saw it as a thriller, some people saw it as a horror movie. Um, and that the horror is re- really where the director drew the line. He said, "I don't, I never saw." The, yeah, the, the director kind of insisted that he's not a horror director. No, and he really didn't want to make a slasher movie. Yeah. Um, and there were definitely some slasher movie moments in the script. Yeah. What I found frustrating about it, like, I, I thought this was good for tension, like, just that his sudden reveal of, like, quite innocence. Um, what I didn't like is that he is driving so slow that someone with trailing a boat can overtake him. <laughs> the, um... The guy driving that car, the father, he is a stunt driver. Okay. Um, and interestingly, uh, Rutger Hauer is also a stunt driver. 
Okay. And he did a lot of the stunt driving stuff yeah. in the movie. Um, the one one scene that they were tr- they couldn't really get was when he comes out of the gas station um, garage and he does the turn and knocks over the the the, the, pump. uh, the pumps. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the stunt guy. He did it, but it didn't really turn out too well. And Rutger was standing next to the director watching it, and he was like, mm, let me try this. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it, and he got it exactly the way the director wanted him to do it. So his version is what's in the movie. Yeah. He's a Dutchman. Oh, I kept thinking he was German. can't remember what the fuck it was called um but did you ever see that movie oh god what was it called see thomas howell was in it it was like a straight to video thriller that was in the fucking five dollar bin at walmart um it was really bad um but it was like a fatal attraction type movie but it was like over the internet where he meets this psycho woman in a chat room and she begins stalking him. No. He's married and she keeps like saying, I'm going to tell your wife and some whatever nonsense like that. I can't remember what the fuck it was called. It was really bad, though. Yeah. <laughs> Is, I, I just asked him because he was in it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't really feel like I recognize him. Like, um, I feel like I might have seen some stuff, but I can't remember his face. It's, it's a bit too generic. He is. Well, he always reminded me of Rob Lowe, at the, especially uh, at this yeah. time, because they yeah. both had the tight, curly hair. They were both very skinny. Yeah. Um. um I remember... When I was a kid, um, it was like Hollywood kept trying to make him happen. Rob Lowe and or C. Th- no, C. Yeah. Thomas Howell. Yeah, yeah. And he would he had like these star vehicles, and they never went anywhere. There was at least three that I yeah. remember. Was he in like John Hughes stuff? No. No. Like, I feel he's got a bad name for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Which, um, I've said this before, I think, in regards to Daphne Zuniga, is that I feel sometimes uh, an actor's name hinders their progression. Well, he went by Tommy, apparently, okay. on the set, because that's what the director kept referring to him as. What does C stand for? I don't know. Carlton. I would say Christopher. Yeah. See, I'd rather Christopher Howell. Well, Christopher Thomas Howell's fine. Or C.T. Howell. No, I don't like that. (laughs) C.T. Slicker. Like, this this did seem dream sequence-esque. Where, you know, when he plants the knife and then gets just picked up by someone. 
Because I really don't remember the remake, um, I was going, I went over the plot summary on Wikipedia and uh, it was really kind of annoying the way they recreated so many of the scenes and did the gender swap. Um, mm -hmm. Like he's the one who is uh, tied between the two trucks instead of a girl. And, uh, he, uh, the girl, the girlfriend, because he has a girlfriend in the movie, and they're going on spring break. Yeah, so stupid. Um, yeah, and then the girlfriend, because he dies, the girlfriend um, has to becomes. Yeah, I yeah. forgot that he was the one that died. <laughs> I kept thinking that it was the woman in the <laughs> remake, because I remember like the body popping open like a burst balloon, like. Yeah, they showed it, which I think was a mistake. Yeah. Well, I think... Um, to me, lot, um... It was gorier. Or gory. Because this is not... This is barely has any blood. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really that very not. suggestion the, of gore type of thing. It's very... Yes. Because everything is primarily off-screen. Yeah. Um, like, you see, like, the aftermath of the Yeah, films. like his vomiting after seeing the family get killed was to sh enough to show how gory it would have yeah. been. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 that left a, a good image of what would have been inside that car. Yeah. Yeah, and I just... Um, in regards, I'm, I'm not a fan of... Um, I've said before that I'm, I'm a relatively stoic person. And so uh, what I didn't like about those remakes that were happening is how highly strung people were. I just couldn't relate to them. <laughs> and even like, um, I forget it, Sean, Be Sean Bean's, I think it was Sean Bean. Like his yeah. villain was just, um, ugh, I just couldn't get into him. It was... Well, uh, Gary Busey's... Son was the villain in the sequel. The one from the Frightness. Yeah. <laughs> oh he really does do some overacting. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah, especially at the fuck you, buddy! <laughs> that was very, very Nomi Malone. That's, that was, that was Nomi at the boat show. <laughs> snatching her coat. Yes. Change the nipples. Mm -hmm. To get that fucking shot of the match took a long time <laughs> to remember. <laughs> Again, today, it would have been all CGI. Yeah. But it was a Where's lot of Where's the fun shades. in that? It's sort of like, yeah. these were the pre-auto-tune um, uh, days where you had to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the studio could, at this time, this recording in a studio, you can only do so much. Nowadays, almost anybody could be a singer. Yeah. 
Don't look at me. <laughs> Here's our favorite. Here's Jennifer. Yay. <laughs> well, she deserves a round of applause, don't yes. you think? What a weird vibe to stand on. <laughs> oh, it's Jennifer Justin Lima. <laughs> Um, I don't know about in the script. I would say yes, but in the in the movie, there was they there they the director never intended on showing her being ripped in half. Yeah, the writer did. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he did. Did the writer go on to do other stuff? Yeah, I've got to look him up. Yeah, Eric Red. I know the director did um, one of my favorite uh, Jean Claude movies, Nowhere to uh, Run. Oh. oh, yes. I used to like that one too. And uh, he did <laughs> one of the crappier. Um, not, uh, a lot of the Wes Craven produced movies weren't very good, and he did one of no. the worst ones called They. Oh, God, I forgot about that movie. Which I don't even I, remember if I saw it. I think I did see it, and I've forgotten it altogether. But I recently was reminded of it. Like, um, then I might check it out again, even though it's bad. Um, someone's saying that the ending is quite good. Something. Oh, what was the ending? <laughs> is there a director's cut out now or something? I don't know. Um. <laughs> in this in this scene coming up here where he gets washed up in the bathroom the director wasn't sure when to cut or how much to show because um, he didn't want to bore the audience so the way it is now you know you see him washing up a little bit then it cuts to Jennifer and then it cuts back to him yeah. um, but there was at least 10 minutes um, of him. He strips down completely. Yeah. It was never intended to be in the movie. Um, but again, the director just didn't know what he wanted as far as how much to show. But yeah, he there's a there's a version where he strips down naked and yeah, gets yeah. cleaned up. Well, you know, if, if the actor's going to have to strip down anyway, why not film it and then at least you've got something on the camera. Well, that I you wouldn't use. want because you don't know what the fuck they're going to do with that. <laughs> what if it? Well, I wouldn't. As if at this time, I probably wouldn't have cared. But um, now, made, like, I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to end up on a fucking like Blu-ray deleted scene or something. Yeah. Rob Lowe was the one that had the sex tape, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and those girls were like sixteen. Ah, that was not good. I can't believe he actually came back from that. Yeah, yeah. Today, he would never in a million years be able to get have his career back. Yeah, it wouldn't. They they wouldn't be making jokes about it in uh, a roast. <laughs> no. Well, he had a big dick, and um, 
I think that that's... was too mesmerizing. <laughs> well, I saw I saw some of it. Um, yeah. It was nice. It was probably a good eight inches, I would okay. say. Um, but he never did anything for me, so. Yep, yep. You were about as interested in him as you were Chadlow. Yeah. What the fuck ever happened to Chadlow? What? <laughs> Well, the last thing that I read, he divorced with Hilary Swank, and that's about <laughs> as much starness. The burger she makes and the fries look so good. Um, he was, like the burger and showgirls, what? Um, he was in a show that was on for a little while. Yeah, Life Goes On. That was like a million years ago. Oh. Unless he was on something else. I thought it was some science fiction-y type of thing. Oh. Nah. Well, in life, no. Well, in life goes on. It was like you know, a family drama, and I remember it was like very um, taboo for the time because it was like early nineties, and his character had AIDS, and okay. he was he was Kelly Martin's character's boyfriend. I was like, oh my god, Kelly Martin's dating a guy with AIDS. This is crazy. Okay. We can't show this on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and here we, here we have another magical moment. Mm. But yeah, this was a, a flop, this movie. It didn't do that great. Yeah, it didn't even make its money back, nope. Mm. Well, I think this is one of those movies that got a fan base on video. Yeah. Because I... I, I and the reviews at the time weren't so good. Um, but... Um, um, as far as those who who are, you know, long-time fans of the genre, this one has always been beloved. Well, um, it might be for the fact that because it wasn't as well-known, people felt more a special connection to it. But evidently there was a review in the 80s that talked about um, some gay and HIV analogy to it. Of like a picking up a random man and having that follow you for the rest of your life. <laughs> Not intentional. <laughs> the director talked about something um, that I found kind of interesting. Um, it was like uh, right before the movie was about to come out. Um, there's a woman who wrote, I believe, for the New York Times. Um, it, I think she saw the movie and wanted to do a piece on it, and so the and she sounded very upbeat 
and you know like she enjoyed it and the director was like oh um that's nice um so he met with her and i think everybody in the cast and um they all had to sit down with her and she was very pleasant she asked a lot of questions about the movie and she you know seemed very much like she enjoyed it and then the director said the next thing he knew um he looked at the paper and there was a a still of Rutger Howard walking down the road with the his the wind his coat wind swept and he's holding the gun and the uh tagline said how do movies like this get made <laughs> um and yeah it was all about like the senseless violence in it and like kind of comparing it to the slasher craze that was pretty much over by this point yeah I'm always like, well, um, I guess I wouldn't know what newspaper it was for, but I tend to see journalism as a more progressive art form, and it's always a bit strange when they attack their own art. <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, it it does happen, but. I don't think it should happen where a journalist picks a subject and pretends to be. She should have made her intentions clearer to them. Yes, but like, what I'm saying is like you know a lot of journalists do that thing where they they pick a subject for whatever reason and they pretend like they're they're, they're a friend and or they want to be friends. And they, you know, do something fun just like to let them to make them drop their guard and then publish all their dirty secrets and say or do a completely different kind of piece. That's so sleazy. Yeah. Yeah. Hoary. It's it's a very, very um, unorthodox method of journalism. And those who practice it should not be. (laughs) Should hang their heads in shame. <laughs> Do I look like a killer to you? No, you look like a twink <laughs> who just walked off a Bell Ami set. Well, he looks very daddy. Mm hmm. <laughs> oh, speaking of showgirls. Get this. The um the cop um Esteridge. His name was originally Esterhaus. Oh, okay. And they had to change it because of Joe Esterhaus. The stu- this he had been writing stuff at, by this time it was Flashdance had been out. Yeah. So yes. he was, you know, uh he was known. And the studio was like, no, no, we can't call him Esther Haas. They didn't even change the name that much. Yes. From Esther Haas, Esther Ridge. What about Melissa? It's Etheridge. (laughs) I used to work with a woman who looked exactly like her, and she was insanely annoying. (laughs) 
Who, the singer or the woman that looked like it? The woman who looked like her. Um, I was thinking about this. Um, there is, I just learned about this, uh, not so long ago, but there is a, apparently a, a method or a technique or whatever you want to call it that detectives use if they have somebody for murder, uh, or have been charged for murder. They watch them in the cell that first night and somebody who's innocent will be up all night crying or pacing or, you know, talking to themselves because they're terrified they don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, whereas... Somebody who kills will sleep like a baby. Yeah. I'd heard that in a, in a movie, someone says that, or in a show. Um, someone made mention of that. Oh, well, I don't. I think I saw it on one of my many uh, fetish videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watch a lot of body cam, you know, because I have a cop fetish. Yep, yep. I do. It's true. It's true story. So they're sleeping like a baby because they can cast. <laughs> If I actually had, if I actually had friends, <laughs> if I actually had friends, um, who like, you know, did things for me, <laughs> like for example, um, like throw a birthday party for me or something. I would probably make it very clear that uh, a stripper cop would be a very welcome <laughs> gift. I would like that. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever want to throw me a birthday party, yeah, can, and you want uh, to get me a send a your German <laughs> your German cop friend, I would like that. <laughs> One that sounds like Giorgio Moroder. Well, you said he looks like one of my favorite porn stars, so yeah, I think I already like mm. him. <laughs> but then again, you think everybody looks like somebody, and sometimes they don't look remotely at all. <laughs> I get a vibe sometimes. This is very um, um Tina. Mm. In the body bag, yeah. <laughs> no running in the hall. <laughs> Where's your pass? Um, that was the nickname of the old Pope, the German Shepherd. I never understood why the Where's Your Pass girl, her sweater didn't have any stripes on the sleeves. <laughs> Was poorly they were just red sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they had to or maybe it, it was a sw maybe it was a sweater vest. And she oh, just had yeah. a shirt underneath. Yeah. Well, that's very jarring colours. 
Mm-hmm. Answer the goddamn phone. I can let a phone ring, can you? No. Well, yes. <laughs> because, well, n- these days, yeah, because I get so many fucking spam calls. Oh, yeah. I get often, um, I'll, uh, I don't know, it's a call. And it will go to message bank and it's uh, often in Cantonese saying. Yeah, I get a lot of those. Well, the Australian tax office has a warrant for your arrest. Press one. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, they do that shit here. It's like people really believe that the IRS are going to call you at home. No, well, I feel bad for the people who... Like I know it's da- a shame. Not, not that they're da- but they're that naive that they don't realize. You know, they're just well. They're vo- a lot of them are vulnerable. Yeah, and if you scare them enough, you know, like especially I think of my mother, you know, she would be the. I know. Yeah, and a lot of the time it is elderly women who they yeah. they take advantage of. Um, there's a lot of um, anti uh, scammer videos on YouTube too um, where they you know are able to hack into a call center's system and just like destroy their whole uh, system, uh, yeah. operation I like that that's fine well, I, I, I don't really care about the ones who try to scam back the scammers um, who are like just oh you don't care probably about Nigerian them? princes um no, just because I feel oh, like... Oh, they're all, they're all Nigerian. They're all in Calcutta. That's India. Calcutta. Oh, yes, that's right. India. Sorry. Um, no, no, the ones that are actually... You know, there's there's the scam ones, like, who... Um, you know, are trying to get you to buy something. And then there's the ones who are trying to get you to send money to, like... For nefarious reasons. And whatever. But, like, uh, I'll see people, like, post up their reactions and the responses and I just feel like the person doing this you're just a job to them and they're just going to go to the next person they don't care if if you say no the next person might say yes Uh, some people are really dumb though I mean like fucking like there's a cat it's not catfish catfish but it's another catfishing thing on YouTube these people do um and some of the people who are being catfished believe that they're in relationships with celebrities. Yeah. And these celebrities are asking them for money. <laughs> and some of them are pretty established. Uh, I think one of them was Bon Jovi or something. <laughs> uh there was a few that were like pretty big names and they the person would make up whoever the real person was would make up some stupid story about oh my accountant doesn't want me to use um my credit cards because i have to fucking whatever yeah uh manage my spendings but i really need a car for the premiere tonight (laughs) (laughs) could you lend me a thousand dollars there's this guy who's a frauditor, and he's, I'm not going to name names, but he's, he and his wife are quite clearly meth heads, and they're always begging for money, and they always have these excuses, and 
the one that he uses a lot is he needs to get to another state because he has a court date and the most recent one that he did was he has to go to see his mother because she's in the hospital with a heart condition and he needs $500 for an Uber <laughs> not you know I need 40 bucks for a bus ticket no yeah, no yeah. $500 for an Uber from each and and no, one of you <laughs> nobody sends them anything anymore because it's pretty clear that Uber is code for light bulbs. Yeah. And when people ask about how his mother is, it's like, oh, she, she's all right. <laughs> and every time he says, this is the last time, okay. you guys, please. It's like the... Uh, Jerry Seinfeld special. If I was this cop, I wouldn't believe. If I was this cop, I wouldn't believe a word he's saying because this this performance is not so good. <laughs> it would be hard because, like. As a law-abiding person, I would feel that the evidence would go in my favour, but if you're being set up so much, then <laughs> that works against you. Yeah. Have you never been set up for murder before? Never ever tried to set you up for a murder? <laughs> for a robbery. The, um, Have you ever committed a murder? What? what? The church collection Ooh. plate. Oh, yeah. The girl sitting next to me took it, and then she just <gasps> left me with the empty plate. Oh, no. She was the reference daughter. They all that once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she did. And because... and I And I heard that because... You wouldn't help her. You didn't get a cut. That's what I heard. <laughs> you can't trust your perception at this level, at this altitude. Now he's going to have a nervous breakdown. Well, he has to come to terms with his sexuality. Because mm. on his knees, put it in your mouth. Um... Yeah, I think that this cinematography absolutely works for the landscape. Cause, um, and also with Rutger's uh, ability to just appear out of nowhere. When you, sh when you can show what's all around him and is not near, then there's that safety in. Or you think it's safe. Yes. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he comes driving into frame. Yes. And it's like, oh, shit. It's not like a, a more traditional horror where they're hiding in the shadows. It's suddenly turn around oh. and just there. 
You know what? You know which one that I fucking hate. I'm sure I probably mentioned this before, but it's such a fucking horror movie cliche, where like somebody is um, washing their face or something in the bathroom, <laughs> and they spl- and they b- bend down the splash, and the killer walks by in the mirror. Yeah, or like when they take some medicine out of the cabinet and then shut the door, and ah. <laughs> well, that's the sleeping with the enemy one. Yes. Um, but the killer walking by is a slasher movie one and the oh so original and oh so talented Rob Zombie used that in his Halloween remake oh, what clearly he's a visionary what? yes he's, he's, he's a visionary yeah. yeah he's so talented I think he meant visionary and that is watch some horror movies <laughs> pretty much yes that's that's it yeah It's like pretty much anybody who listens to a lot of pop music and likes to sing along and sing, then goes on American Idol <laughs> and tries to audition. And they're all like, what the fuck? What is wrong with you? <laughs> but I'm not they the deluded them. I'm not the they melody. deluded themselves. They deluded themselves into believing they have talent. Well, I don't know about you, but what I used to do in my during my younger years, um, I I used to like to sing along, but I'm completely tone deaf. But the whole the whole point of singing along to your favorite music was to turn it up so loud so that you couldn't hear yourself. Yeah. So in your head, you're thinking you sound good. Oh, this is this is not this Sh- is not shooting a, blanks. Uh, yes, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't like it. So help me, I'll blow you in half. Well, it's a good way. He of says showing. I'll blow you in in. <laughs> oh yeah. Twice. <laughs> yeah, he says it twice. I'll blow you right in the ass. Well, they're docking. <laughs> oh, I missed the first one. See, because you, you got me all talking about being a pop star. It's all your fucking fault. Your aspirations. In certain movies um, where you have a killer um, like the John John Ryder character um, who has really no motives or no past and you don't know anything about them, it depends on how how it's done. I mean, if it's done properly, it, it works well, but sometimes it's just really obnoxious mm. and um it looks like they're the writers trying too hard yeah i think um the act i think what you need to see is the character enjoying themselves um and that they they lack what this cat and mouseness if it's just a case of 
you know, like um, I always go back to um, the drill sergeant in um, Chainsaw Massacre. He just seems mean, <laughs> and like there's not there's no uh, fun to it. He just seems like an asshole. Whereas with um, Rutger, he he seems to be quite enjoying this psychological control he has and playing games with um, Jim. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I know you haven't seen it, but Black Christmas is a... The original is is a prime example of you really don't know anything about the killer, but he does relish in tormenting the girls and then when he finally does reveal himself it's fucking crazy um that shit is intense um I I thought he didn't reveal himself well you don't know who he is but you find but he when he attacks um Olivia Olivia Hussey toward the end of the movie it's frightening yeah yeah because he goes so crazy. And not all of the murders or you know, are like that. Um, and she gets away. Spoiler! If you haven't <laughs> seen a movie from 1974. Um, well, I've only just seen Fast Times. So. And that there are some so famous ones that I can like... Well, I saw it late, late in life. <laughs> I was 15. <laughs> I think I might have been 14. Because I had never heard of it before. Yeah. Because um, it, it, I think because of it was, it was, it's a, it, a lot of it is pretty racy. Um, it wasn't really shown on TV a lot. Yeah, but I felt like, I mean, we, they used to show, you know, racy 80s movies here, like, um, screwed loose and like porkies and stuff like that but um my tutor <laughs> whereas uh i hardly i don't remember ever seeing fast times showing up well there is a tv cut of fast times and it's got a lot of different it's got a lot of additional scenes and a lot of alternate scenes okay. because i cut so much yeah out of it what did that add to it there's a lot of extended scenes, like, um, um, I remember the, I haven't seen it in a while, but, um, I'm not gonna shoot anybody. the scene in the mall when, um, Phoebe Cates and Jennifer are, are leaving and Phoebe's like <laughs> trying to convince her to just fuck somebody. What are you waiting for? You're 15 years old. I did it when I was 13. Um, but yeah, it, it it's a little longer because some this girl comes uh, uh, to ask Phoebe something about birth control or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I remember this scene in on the, on the first day when uh, Arnold goes to Judge Reinhold to ask him to work if he could get him a job at um, All American Burger. That's longer. Um, and I remember Judge saying, um, you got Mr. Hand. And he does a creepy thing with his hands. And his eyes go all crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, extra scenes in that TV cut. 
Well, that's a nice payoff for people who weren't able to see the undercut. Mm-hmm. It's but like yeah, the, um, I remember it Halloween sort of. Be- too, but... Sorry, I remember it sort of becoming repopular. Like hearing about it for the first time, I reckon after Clueless, but also maybe after Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, because that was a another movie where the soundtrack was so um, good. <laughs> oh, um, I forgot to tell you to look for Pamela Springsteen in Fast Times. Yeah. Was she one of the cheerleaders who tells them Yeah, off? the brunette. Okay. See, I did notice it. Get out from behind the door. Step away from the bus. Sit down. Who? Um, use that singing from um, I'm a happy camper. <laughs> um, for the 20th, um, the 20th anniversary of uh, Fast Times Vanity Fair did a big pictorial, a two-page spread, and they got like almost. I pretty much, I think, the entire cast. Yeah. For a picture, and Pamela did participate. Did she do any of the photography? Uh, for Vanity Fair. Yeah, because that was her. Like she's become a professional photographer, hasn't she? Yes, yeah, I don't. Yes, but I don't think she took the picture. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think they did a whole. They did a whole pictorial. I think they just they just did that two page spread with the whole cast, and then there was a an article or something. Yeah, I don't remember. It was twenty fucking years ago. It reminds me of um, Jennifer Garner's spread in um, suddenly thirty. Suddenly, 30. Or 13 going on 30. I forget the name of in your it is 13 territory. Going on 30. <laughs> Suddenly, 30. It's so stupid. It's so sitcom y. Yeah, you stay put. When Jennifer tells you to stay put, you stay put. Yes. Especially when Jennifer's got a gun. <laughs> We all know what happens when Jennifer's got a gun. We've seen single white female. The whole world comes undone. Mm-hmm. 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 What did her daddy do? Now what? Huh? What? <laughs> I was singing Jamie's got a gun too. <laughs> do you know how to use did you say Jamie? Yes. Or Janie, so. <laughs> you would like, uh, if I were to send you a paper, you'd have red marks all over it saying, what is this incorrect SP? Well, you did send me your play. <laughs> you were repulsed. But, but Jaws read it to me, so I couldn't... <laughs> I couldn't find... Any spelling errors? See what Thomas Howell said that Jennifer was in character the whole time. Okay. You know what I really didn't like about the commentary was they 
really, they barely had any anecdotes about um, filming the movie. And there yeah. was one part. Well, there was. It's the, when Jennifer is is tied up. Um, there, I think it was. Um, I think it was Eric Red, um, the screenwriter. I think he said something like, you know, a lot of people on set when we were doing this had had something to say about this scene. Everybody had an opinion about it. Um, especially one person. And he said, do you want to tell that story? And then there's just nothing. It's radio silence. Well, that was when she was hot up, sorry? Yeah. So Rutger had issue filming that scene. Oh, he did, did he? He, yeah, evidently. <laughs> um, when they started to do for that scene, he started feeling quite, um, apparently for the movie, he had sort of gotten into his head that he doesn't play villains and he needs to find, like, a, a, a humanity to them. And he... For that scene, he just couldn't find it in his character. And um, evidently, um, he wanted to say certain lines in the truck that he had sort of made himself. And so they recorded all of these lines that um, John says to Jim and then just cut it out for the movie. Hmm. So they placated him. Well, he didn't want to play villains anymore. No, um, but he did like this script. How could you not play a villain with that face? Um, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if he could play like good guy with that face. It's, it's sort of like a villainous looking person. Well, yeah, that's why I just said, how could you not be a villain with that face? Um, but Sam Elliott was going to be John Ryder. Okay. Ryder. Um, and the director said he was really, really creepy. Um, and then he dropped out, like, right at the zero hour. Yeah. Um, now, I think we're about to come up on the motel scene. The sexless scene. Well, there was supposed to be a sex scene. But they lent into the homosexuality. <laughs> Stop it. Well, it was actually Jennifer who said, I don't really think that they would have sex. She said it's not believable to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Because they're being chased by this insane person who could pop up at any, any moment and they're going to be fucking. Well, and no, they haven't had realistic. any uh, sexual tension between them, but, you know. No. But, you know, it and it is such a fucking cliche yeah. with these kinds of road-type movies where, like, a man and a woman are, like, trying to solve a mystery together. And then the next thing you know, when they're in a room together alone, they're fucking a la Halloween 3. Well, I, I keep remembering those, like, crappy dialogue in Cabin Fever, how one of the, the girls was saying, you know... When you're so close to when death, you're, the your you plane's do is... going down. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, stupid. Oh. <laughs> like so that just stupid sums up the the 
the crap, the, the stupidity of the leads having sex just because they're in a room together. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be, um, we're both going to die, so let's just have sex. That's yeah. really what it was supposed to be. But yeah, she's <laughs> Yeah, it's like being on a plane and it starts to go down and everybody around you is screaming, we're, we're going down, we're going down. And all you want to do is grab the person next to you and just fuck the shit out of them. Huh? Yeah. I what? Just, that, that conversation was like, ugh. This was written by a man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Who doesn't know women. <laughs> okay. Who can't write dialogue for a woman or men for that matter. Mm. Well, he definitely can't write dialogue for a woman, if I tell you that. Thank goodness I he hasn't saw tried to write too, too, well. <laughs> mm. Like, I could imagine, like, in, in rebuttal to the criticism he gets. <laughs> and then, like, making it worse for himself. Like... <laughs> We should do Cabin Fever just to make fun of it because it's so oh. It is a movie, though, that I I sort of kind of like because it's so dumb. Yeah, I'm, I'm that same way. Like, <laughs> I, I do not at all think it's a good movie or remotely original. Yeah. Nothing about that movie is good. Um... I think I told you this story before, but I remember um, at that time being, you know, not uh, so enthralled with being a horror fan because horror, thanks to a certain movie, was so watered down and corporate. And then I read an article and I think I think it was Rolling Stone. I remember I read it on my break while I was working and they gave Cabin Fever this glowing review and mm. said how um, how refreshing it was to see to someone yeah. see yes, a return to form. I think that's exactly what they said. God. Um this this is horror of the eighties. This is what we're used to. This is the we're, we're getting back to a better uh, era when horror is bloody again and good and fun. And... No, no. Mm -mm. No, it's not. At least not in that case. No. Nope. <laughs> mm -mm. There was a movie I haven't... I didn't watch it, but I remember the review, and I can't even remember the name, but there was this, like, young couple who... Um friends an older couple not not that much older but a generational older couple and um this younger couple they enjoy like uh vinyl and they have vhs and stuff like that and the reviewer was suggesting how like uh you know when we've got this nostalgia that we forget that vhs quality is crappier than dvd <laughs> you know and 
uh, I, I, I kind of feel that way sometimes with 80s films is that just because you've made a movie that's like the 80s doesn't mean that it's a good movie like because the 80s films had difficulties in how they were made um and we've gotten to a point where we can make them better. Why would you make a crappier movie like Cabin Fever when you could have made it better? <laughs> like for the sake of nostalgia, it's well. The aughts were the decade for the eighties throwback. Um. the fuck I talked about that recently no I don't you remember what it was uh, well it's just as well because I don't like repeating myself on the podcast because as I said before <laughs> <laughs> That was not even intentional. <laughs> I'm just stupid. Um, <laughs> I don't like repeating myself. Like I've said five times before. <laughs> um, yeah, I, re- I really... That really wasn't supposed to be a joke. I'm just stupid. Um, but no, like I said before, there was a certain podcast that I used to listen to, and one of multiple reasons I stopped listening to it was the fucking host used to tell the same anecdotes over and over and over again. With the same enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That to me shows they might not have as many repeat listeners as better podcasts. Well, I think it was the fact that he had different guests on every week. Yeah. So a lot of the time, he, it was people he didn't really know very well. So while the audience heard the story before, this guest yeah. hadn't. Yeah. So somehow that's okay. Yeah. I may have told this story a hundred times already, but this my guest right here, who doesn't listen to the podcast, never heard it. So it, I'll let, I'll let the audience in. suffer again. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I liked about... We had a drive-home show. Because um, they've been recording together for years. One of them, like, had a story about how he went into the cockpit as a child. And, like, <laughs> the last time he said it, they just, like, oh, and that... <laughs> that started making fun of him because, like, he tells that story all the time. And he hasn't told it since, so... <laughs> oh, I don't remember exactly what happened, but they lost the uh, set or I don't know they had a they had a motel that they were going to shoot in um, but they lost it at the last second and this was actually the motel where the cast was staying okay. in one of the rooms somebody was staying and the director hated filming in this room because it was so bland and there was nothing on the walls so he um, uh, insisted on doing a lot of close-ups because yeah. um, he just hated the way the room looked. And he they couldn't even fit the camera in the bathroom. So they had to film through the window yeah. when he, before these scenes. Yeah. 
And why are we watching C. Thomas Howell get wa- washed up a second time? <laughs> we don't need that. Well, he's getting washed up to go, get into bed with uh, John. Speaking of repetition. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't mind so much if it was like a more attractive actor, but... Um, I don't think anybody... Well, the other choices for... Jim, or like Tom Cruise and Matthew Modine and um, somebody else, but so it was nobody I would have been remotely attracted. Yeah, to. <laughs> I have nothing against and, C. Thomas, but <laughs> well, I don't, I don't really think he's that great of an actor. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not ugly, um, but physically, he's not my type yeah he's too boyish and especially this time he's got his voice he sounds like he hasn't hit puberty yet especially like in the scenes in the car yeah the early scenes his voice is very high but i guess he he's a youngin <laughs> it's his first yeah he's away, 18 you know? yeah That stuff doesn't really bother me as much as it does you. Yeah, because you're attracted to grown men who look like little boys. Your standards are too low. That's the problem. (laughs) Beggars can't be choosing. I mean... Well, we're talking about, you know, fantasy here. We're not talking about reality. There's always, like, somebody, um, like, eh, he doesn't really do anything for me. And you're like, well, I think he's got a cuteness about him. I guess, I mean, it's, it's a struggle for me to say someone's ugly. As in, I, I wouldn't say I someone's haven't had ugly, because that's, yeah. that's, that's mean. Yeah. I wouldn't say someone's ugly. I would say they're not my type or yeah, something yeah, along yeah. those lines. No. But I guess in that, I that's, that's probably how I look at things, is that I will often think, you know, um, this isn't my type, but that doesn't mean that other people don't find them attractive. There's Captain Esther Haas. Yes. Jeffrey DeMunn. I do kind of feel bad for Jennifer here because she is quite real when she's screaming. Yeah. Um, she's very authentic. Um, um, like, <laughs> I would just be like, uh, um, shoot my wrists. <laughs> if it was at that point, I'd be just like, uh, I'd rather not have hands than be split in half. <laughs> In the script, um, she was tied to a, a pickup. Yeah. Um, which I don't think would have been anywhere near as effective as an 18-wheeler. Yeah. Um, why doesn't... While he's distracted, why doesn't somebody just go scoop in there and fucking cut her loose? Like, yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> 
See, this was the age of cops and donuts. <laughs> I they really dropped the ball, what? <laughs> no, no, upon re-watching this, I'd forgotten that this wasn't as close to the end as I kept thinking it was. I kept thinking it was sort of the last scene, but there's like another 15 minutes to go. What I, I don't like about this sequence is when he pulls away it just fades to black not that i i want it to see her get ripped in half but i don't like i don't like the transition because how did they get out of the truck and how did the police they get to the police station and how did they get him because there, there's a lot of, there's a big question mark i think here of what hit them dragging him out of the out of the cabin and arresting him and all of that stuff? Yeah, but I think that that stuff you can um, put together in your head, like what I just well, said. Well, how do you know? But how do you know he didn't just keep going? Or what would have stopped? Like keep driving him? off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pick up the gun. Like I do like, and this is just a dumb automatic thing that is controlling it with the clutch because it's not a case of just you know putting it into park and nothing happening it's as soon as you let go of the clutch the 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 truck will jolt forward okay i have a question this might be a really stupid question but i don't drive mm -hmm. so remember that couldn't jim just reach over and pull the keys out no, well, um, I don't believe so. <laughs> but maybe, you know, I guess I could, I would also say that in that time it took him to do that, uh, John could just release the, the pedals. Yeah, but maybe the truck would have stopped and she only would have had like a dislocated shoulder or something. <laughs> Worst case scenario. I still reckon the truck would have jumped, if I had to guess. Oh, no. Poor Jennifer. And that wasn't too much. That wasn't such a... I was thinking it dissolved, but it's like... <laughs> well, it does go to fade to black. Should have done a visage. See, in the porno version, when he said, is there anything I can do for you? Jim would have been like, well, you can dance a little bit. Mm. And then... <laughs> and then the techno beat would kick in. And then, yeah, the German techno. <laughs> mm -hmm. The fun boys got a roam. I'm glad um, um, with the um, uh, suspension of disbelief that they didn't start leaning into that. That it was just enough for me to you know, have some stuff go unanswered. It didn't start going into crazy territory of like, like Fight Club type of thing where you know they had footage of someone else being walked down or something like that. It wasn't that type of movie. Well... I mean, 
It was supposed to be suspension of disbelief, not n- complete nonsense. Yeah, it, it wasn't going to be like a multiple personality disorder style ending where... I mean, it was supposed to be like, um, this could happen, it's just not very likely. I, I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have oh the Bukkake scene. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's so crazy that in this day and age, um, the police actually have portable pads to take your fingerprints if you refuse to identify. And all you have to do is put your f- index finger and your middle finger, and they know exactly who you are right away. Yeah. If you've been fingerprinted. If, well, I don't even know. Maybe, maybe not. You've never been fingerprinted, have you? I have. Um, when uh, I was in fifth grade, I remember, th- it, was th- it was still kind of the um, era of, you know, uh, stranger danger yeah, yeah. type thing. So um, they were encouraging us to get ID cards. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you had to, you got photographed and you got <laughs> fingerprinted. Um, you had to pay for them, but. Okay. Got to keep that. I don't know who records. has those records of my fingerprint. Yeah. It's going to be using that later. Wouldn't it be funny if it was, like, so ghetto that all they did was take my fingerprint and just, like, put it on the back of the card that they gave me and they didn't do anything else with it? <laughs> Purely symbolic. <laughs> That's probably exactly what happened. Because I went to public school, for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, they missed In America! Yeah. This is America. God knows... What American, what the American public school system is like. I think the Americans have my thumbprint. I had to do something when I came in um, at the airport. Or maybe it was all all of them. Well, we can't have Australians (laughs) coming over here wreaking havoc. (laughs) Yes. Can't do it. We reek enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the dick cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we used to... Uh, it's changed names two years ago. We had a very offensive name to cheese here at one stage. Because the... You had a very offensive cheese. That was yeah, there was a brand of cheese that was quite offensive. And it was... It was, was it called named... Pufta Cheese? Why? No. <laughs> it was named after a gentleman who de- developed a style for culturing it. Let's say, uh, like, uh, the, the process of making the cheese was named after this man. So, that was the name of the cheese. You're going to have to tell me because I'm not getting it. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it over there. On, on the, is it on that the offensive? Yeah. 
Well, could you give me a hint? <sighs> um, what does it rhyme with? Moon? Moon, poon. Oh, God. Swoon. <laughs> let's, let's not start going through the alphabet. Loon. Boon. Coon? You didn't need, I, I didn't want you to say over the podcast. But yes, that was the name of the cheese. Ooh, that's no good. Well, it's also a name. I mean, I, I went to school with a girl named Coon. So. All right. <laughs> Let's stop saying it. <laughs> All of these very irresponsible cops with their guns not in holsters correctly, really. It was the 80s. They were all coked up. Dare to holster your gun. This sounds very um, ADR'd in a studio. Listen to that echo. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this is so eighty yard. A doctor. Yeah, a, a doctor. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> of the wind, with with the wind, with the with the sky and everything. I'm a sailor. I sail. Yes, a doctor in sound engineering. You have no idea what I was just quoting. No, but you don't know what I was quoting. I'm going to leave you to stew in your miserable existence for not knowing what about Bob. Oh, (laughs) I do know what about Bob, but not that intimately. Everybody should know Bob intimately. I do know that Richard Dreyfuss never wants to work with Bill Murray again. (laughs) Well, Richard Dreyfuss is just retired He's teaching ethics. But his opinion is one in a million, I think. <laughs> or a dime a dozen. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Do you know how many fucking people have hated working with Bill Murray? Mm. I think one of the few that didn't mind it was Sofia Coppola, and that's where they filmed the anniversary party. <laughs> At her house. <laughs> hmm. See, again, uh, this was apparently something that was explained better in the remake. Um, They showed him... (sighs) Breaking his thumb or something? Like, they showed how he got out of his handcuffs. But... Oh, yeah, I think he cut his finger off. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not a... You don't want to watch Mythbusters with this type of stuff. It's, okay, yep, he got loose. we just trust that. Yeah, it doesn't need to be explained. It doesn't make it better for being explained. No, it does not. He Houdini'd that shit. We don't need to know the details. 
I could have done without that high kid. It was a little too <laughs> chucky for me. It was yes, a sir. Jackie Earl Haley one-liner type. <laughs> and it, this would have been good with like the the loved one style ending, where like he's all <laughs> torn to pieces but still trying to get him. Yeah, the loved one's one of our worst episodes. <laughs> <laughs> My first and worst. Between the lulls and you breathing into the mic and us watching two different versions of the movie. <laughs> oh, that was not good. I was still watching the movie and you're like, yeah, mine's over. It's <laughs> <laughs> only like 30 seconds extra, you know. No. No, there was like a good 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. I remember. Mine was still going, and you're like, yeah. The credits are done and everything. And I was like, what? <laughs> and truthfully, I was expecting some juicier Xavier Samuel stories. Oh God. I was not a stalker. <laughs> there was nothing I could give <laughs> Oh, there was something you could have given to Xavier. <laughs> and then you could have told everyone all about it <sighs> on the podcast. God damn it. No, a gentleman never kisses and tells. Oh, please. Especially if there's nothing You call to yourself tell. a gentleman. <laughs> I don't know how gentlemanly you are in that dungeon. <laughs> oh, remind me to tell you something about bondage. Okay. Do you remember what um, uh, Gary Buse's son's connection it, there was no connection was there mm -mm. in the sequel yeah nope he was just another psycho soccer yeah. hitchhiker and uh, 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 for that to happen to you twice <laughs> maybe come on the, maybe he's the problem he is the well, he dies. of uh, Hitchhiker Picker Uppers. He dies in the um, in the, the second sequel. one. Yeah. yeah, the straight to video sequel. <laughs> I don't think anybody even remember. that was another movie that ended up in the in the five dollar bin. See, yeah. see, Th see, Thomas Howe movies were overflowing in the. <laughs> I think this was in the $5 bin, too. No. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, see Thomas Howell's entire filmography. Yeah, yeah. I want to fuck up my movie. Let's, let's cast see Thomas Howell. Hmm. Well, at least um, The Outsiders was a success. Yeah. 
when you look at that movie, it's like fucking crazy how many of the ensemble went on to be huge names. Yeah. It's like Fast Times, but male. Well, <laughs> kind of. Judge Reinhold was a big name for like a millisecond. <laughs> I remember when he when Vice Versa first came out. It shows to show how fucking old I am. Do you remember Vice Versa? No, there was some chocolates here called Vice Versas. But I don't remember a show called it. It was a movie. Oh, Fred okay. Savage. I think it was one of those body swap movies. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I can't stand when people say vice versa. <laughs> well, there's That's, no A. No. Like, if there was, I'm happy to put them say that, but... <laughs> yes. No, don't say vice versa at people listening. It's wrong and it's annoying. Maybe they're thinking of vis-a-vis... <laughs> Vis-a-vis. <laughs> Perhaps. It's possible. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like what you were saying, even this music is quite somber for the ending. It's not a... It is. the. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's not a happy ending, yeah. even though he did, he did overcome. It's not happy. And... The director said that the moment when um, he touches John's hair with the gun... When he strikes his face with the gun, yeah. That was... What that was really meant to represent was a goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye, my lover. Shut up, that song used to make me cry. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. It was so sad. I'm not really a fan of his. But that song song was used at my friend's funeral. Uh, Not the recent one, but a long time ago. I really liked his first two albums. The second one in particular. Was that a bit more upbeat? Uh, No, actually. The last song I remember of his was kind of like, uh, not chirpy, but like it was sort of like, Beatles upbeat, let's say. Uh, the one where he was riding the uh, motorcycle in the video. Um, Maybe. Bonfire Heart. Yeah, that's the one. Yes. Have you? I think I think the name of the singer is Los Capaldi. Something like that. What are you saying about that? Was a It was a cover? No, there's a singer that's quite recent and I don't like any of his songs <laughs> but it kind of reminds me of um, James Blunt style um, songwriting anyway <laughs> mm. that was the hitcher it was the hitcher now what were you going to say about bondage or did you want to say it after oh no I was going to say it off mic because it's kind of oh. a, a downer hey if if I had to <laughs> Say what I was forced into saying. Okay. It has nothing to do with me. Oh, okay, okay. Although I have experienced bondage once. Okay. You. I was. I was not a fan. 
Oh, okay. What if it was a, what if it was a striptease bondage? Where you know you had to sit down and they tie your hands down. Because you wouldn't be able to control yourself. Um Well I don't know um, what, how I would, uh, maybe, yeah. um, but um, with my bondage experience, um, it was handcuffs and they were metal and they hurt. Oh, um, so, yeah, that, that lasted <laughs> maybe a couple minutes and I was just like, uh, this isn't working for me. Yeah, yeah. You became and, a whiny uh, bitch about it. <laughs> Uh, you're a fucking cunt. <laughs> and I don't like you very much. I've, I've had it a few times. The first time it... Like, oh, I believe you had it more than a few. Uh, no, maybe a couple. Um, I know what kind of crazy shit you're into. It didn't last very long because the guys would sort of needed help. Like, so he had to untie me anyway. So it was like, he wasn't very good at intercourse. And then the oh, other God. time it was, it was just quite... Um, um, more aligned with say um, um, what's th- what's that one where you get submerged in salt water uh, and then it was more in line with that type of bondage sensory deprivation yeah so it was a bit different oh the, the, the chamber yeah yeah that's a that's a fe- sexual fetish no 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 but what I'm saying is that the style of bondage that was happening was more aligned with restriction and um, control and internalization. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. So we didn't get okay. much of Jennifer, but she was, she was a vital part of the movie. Um, well, yes. Um, and, um, um, uh, uh, she is what, uh, Sophia Bush aspired to be and failed miserably. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, although I remember, uh, when I watched this decades ago now, and I can say that term Mm -hmm. because I'm that old, um, like my sister sort of liked her job she was like oh that'd be nice you know to work at a roadhouse in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and i and i sort of can see that point but also wouldn't want to no in australia maybe um here especially where she was i think she was supposed to be somewhere in texas yeah um yeah no you don't want to work in a place like that uh especially in the middle of nowhere where you get Drifters. Oh, um, okay. We are we are a lot more middle of nowhere than you are. <laughs> yeah, so you've said many times. Uh, you and your f- but there are parts you wouldn't be able to walk to. Yeah. Well, yeah. There we have it. Shall we wrap this well, up? Yes, I think so. Do do you have any final thoughts on uh, on the Hitcher or or Jennifer? Or? Uh, Val Nash, um, Val Rotka, and mm-hmm. um, Val see Thomas's career. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. 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 A moment's silence. Yes, I second that emotion. Uh, I look forward okay. to seeing him and Armando Sante fighting aliens <laughs> the next time I'm at a petrol station and see a, a DVD. Have you? Are you having a stroke? What is happening <laughs> to you? I don't know what is going on. Okay. Well, I want to thank Tony for joining me for the Hitcher. This was... This is, or you claimed it was one of your favorites some time ago. So, and it was this a favorite. is, <laughs> I enjoy it. Well, I it was on it. your yes, it was on my list. list. We've done a few on my list. So, we've done several this month I'm of saying. your movies. Um, but since it was, well, I like it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, 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 we <laughs> we would have done it a lot sooner, but I don't. I lost my copy, and then I had to buy. I had to spend sixty eight dollars. Jesus. On the German um, um, uh, export uh, media book that doesn't even smell at all like German men, and that was upsetting for me. Mm. Um, so I feel I feel the like been, version, yeah. I feel like I've been taken advantage of. Not well. I used to have the DVD, but I think it was one of the thousands of DVDs that I donated to the library. <laughs> um, you should have borrowed it back. I should have. Okay. Yeah. So I want to say thank you to everybody for listening, and I hope you'll come back next week. So until then, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.